year is 1930, and on a side street in Buenos Aires, a dark figure descends a long set of stairs. He wears dark glasses, and the stairs lead to a basement room where several men are waiting. A few words are exchanged, not quite audible to a nearby listener, but the only phrase that's unmistakable is the last one. Ciao di Sarli. This is Tango Profiles. The musician in Dark Glasses was Carlos Di Sarli, pianist, composer, and orchestra leader. And on that day in 1930, he stood in the studios of RCA Victor, the American record company, as the executives fired him, canceling his contract. His records had been selling poorly, probably for a number of reasons. Tango was losing its audience, young people were losing interest in dancing, and although there were new musical trends here and there, Desarli wasn't interested in entertaining anyone's ideas. He just wanted to play tango the way he played it. What did tango sound like in 1930? There were two dominant tendencies. The music of yesteryear, known as the old guard, with its simple melodies and marked rhythms. And the newer romantic school, full of lush melodies and sophisticated nuance, championed by Julio De Caro, Juan Carlos Cobian, and Enrique Delfino. Di Sarli didn't fit either of these categories. Carlos Di Sarli cut an interesting figure. He wore dark glasses due to a childhood accident he suffered at his father's ammunition store. He was born and raised in Bahia Blanca, a city 400 miles to the south of Buenos Aires and on the Atlantic coast. Born to Italian immigrants, little Carlos, who was then called Cajetano, studied classical piano at the conservatory, only to run away at age 13 to join a zarzuela and tour the region performing Spanish operas. Like many tango pianists of his generation, he accompanied silent films as a boy. He eventually ended up playing piano at a restaurant in the city of Santa Rosa, about 200 miles from home. The restaurant was owned by a friend of his father's, so presumably Cajetano's parents were supportive, or at least tolerant, of his musical pursuits. At age 19, Desarli moved to Buenos Aires to pursue a career. Back home, he had started his first tango orchestra, and now he was ready for prime time. He quickly became involved with musicians like Anselmo Aeta and Alejandro Scarpino, but eventually met the musician who would change his career, Osvaldo Fresedo, a band leader who was so successful 
that at one point he had five orchestras under his name and would make the rounds from club to club while his groups performed simultaneously. Frisetto became Desarli's musical mentor, and Desarli eventually commemorated the maestro by composing and dedicating a tango entitled Milangero Viejo. So what happened after 1930 when RCA Victor fired Desarli? The truth is that Desarli never changed his approach, which was to play tango with his own style, regardless of trends. While record companies worried about dwindling audiences, Desarli was content to labor in relative obscurity throughout the 1930s. And meanwhile, a new trend was being born. The band leader Juan D'Arienzo had begun to work with a pianist named Rodolfo Biaggi. Biaggi's style was fast and rhythmic, emphasizing two strong beats per measure in a way that harkened back to the music of the teens and 20s, the old guard. Musically, Biaggi's style was neoclassical or new old guard. He was resurrecting the rhythmic and melodic simplicity of previous decades. D'Arienzo became a proponent of this style and before long was responsible for the incredible tango revival of the 1940s. Some have argued that he saved tango from fading into obscurity. But the rest of us can be thankful for Desarlo. True to himself and his style, he neither criticized the new orchestras nor jumped on their bandwagon. He waited patiently for his turn. And in 1938, he got it. It had become clear that DeSarli had a strong following, and he was summoned to RCA Victor to sign a brand new recording contract. And then, the icing on the cake. In 1939, DeSarli's orchestra made its radio debut performing live on Radio El Mundo. At age 36, Desarli had finally arrived. He spent the next 20 years until 1958 making records for RCA Victor and earning a place as one of the most beloved band leaders in tango history. So if Desarli's music didn't sound like the old guard or the romantic school, what did it sound like? It had rhythm and simplicity, making it attractive to social dancers, but these were never overdone. His sound had finesse. Listen to his recordings and you'll find certain unfailing characteristics. For example, there are hardly ever solos. The violins play most melodies and on occasion counter melodies. The bandoneons almost always play rhythmic accompaniment or play the melody in an accented rhythmic way. The piano has a driving quality, heavy on bass notes, that is complemented by Desarli's signature arpeggios 
that are played with utmost care and intimate touch. Listen to DeSarly's records, and you won't find the melodic, harmonic, and orchestral sophistication pioneered by the DeCaro school. You'll find a simpler musical scheme whose primary goal is to bring the essence of each composition to the dance floor. Sure, it's straightforward, but along the way, DeSarly pays a lot of attention to detail. Listen closely to these recordings, and you'll hear not only how he caresses the piano with arpeggios that bookend melodies, but how he takes the utmost care in the simplest things. The arc of a violin line, the subtle placement of an unaccented chord between two accented ones. Desarly lives on in many, many recordings, but in addition to having a place as one of tango's key band leaders, he was a key contributor to the Argentine tango songbook, composing the classic Bahia Blanca, among others. In his later years, fame and glory behind him, he looked back and wrote a beautiful melody. He inscribed the piece, To the City Where I Was Born. Carlos de Sarli was born January 7, 1903, in Bahia Blanca, and died there on January 12, 1960. This month, he would be 114 years old. Maestro de Sarli, feliz cumpleaños.